0: worship this morning is hymn number 689. My heart praises the Lord, my soul is glad because of God my Savior, for he has remembered me, his lowly servant, and from now on all people will call me blessed because of the great things the mighty God has done for me. His name is holy, he shows mercy to all who fear him, from one generation to another, He stretched out his mighty arm and scattered the proud people with all their plans. He brought down mighty kings from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He kept the promise he made to our ancestors. He came to the help of his servant Israel and remembered to show mercy to Abraham and to all his descendants forever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 303, I Serve a Risen Savior. Hymn number 303, I Serve a Risen Savior. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this time that we can come and worship you here in this chapel. And Lord, right now, as we come to you in prayer, Lord, we think about our individual needs, but we also think of the needs of the collective needs of everyone that is here this morning. Lord, we think of the needs of family members and friends. We think of the needs of the staff that are working today throughout this medical center. We think of the needs of the patients that are here today. And, Lord, we think of the needs of the family members that we'll be visiting today. And, Lord, we lift all of those needs up to you. You know what they are. But, God, you remind us again and again that everything that we are concerned about, all of the needs and requests that we have in our lives, you want to know about those things because it signifies an open communication with you that we want to have. And Lord, we know that as we are praying to you, you are also directing our lives by different thoughts, by different events, by different feelings, just by the presence of your spirit in our lives. You're calling things to mind that we need to work on, perhaps things that we need to ask for forgiveness for. And Lord, we are so grateful for that because as we pray to you, we see your presence working in our lives to make things better for us. And God, I would ask that you would help us to understand that, that the relationships that we have as we understand those things, that we can just draw closer together. Because it's in those challenges, it is in those truths about ourselves in terms of who we are, that we find out that we can have a closer relationship with each other as we have a closer relationship with you. And God, this is our prayer and this is our request. And we are so thankful that you've given us this opportunity to be together with you in prayer. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 300. When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. Number 300, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. The reading this morning is found in the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, beginning with verse 11. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers... You need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so grateful that you have touched our hearts already by the prayers that we have offered, by the scriptures that we have read, by the hymns that we have sung. And Lord, I would ask that you would help us to continue this act of worship as we want to draw closer to you in all things in our lives. Help us, God, I pray, and help me. In Christ's name, amen. Well, I hope you had a good week. I've had an interesting week, one that is probably familiar with yours, a lot of ups and downs that takes place as we journey each day through our lives. And one of the overall, I think, ups and downs for me this week has been the expectations and the encouragement that I have received from a variety of people. And that's an interesting subject because what do expectations mean to you? Are they a standard that you think that you have to live up to? Do you have expectations for yourself? Do you have expectations for others? And what does that mean for you? And in the same way, do you have encouragement for others? And have other people try to encourage you this week? And in the same way as expectations mean something to you, what does encouragement mean to you? Sometimes both encouragement and expectations can be the same thing, But yet a lot of times it's how we receive them, it's how those expectations and encouragements are communicated to each and every one of us. And part of that, as we've talked about before in previous weeks, is what is our filters that we use when people communicate to us their expectations and encouragement, right? We all have different filters based on our life experience, in terms of who we are, our families, the different things that have occurred in our lives, all provide us those filters that we have in terms of how we receive information. In the same way, when we look at the Word of God, when we study the Word of God, when we see different words in the Word of God, what does it mean to you? The Word of God is there for us to have encouragement but I think also the Word of God also provides to us expectations of what God expects from each and every one of us. So the passage that we are reading this morning, that we have read, I think gives us two different ways of looking at encouragement and expectations. Because God expects us at some time in our spiritual life, once we have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, there is a growing period. There are times when we are just on milk alone. But eventually, we need to stop taking the milk and start eating solid food. I don't know if any of you have been around children or grandchildren, but I know that I have experienced both. And there's a period of of time in their lives when they stop taking the milk from their mother and then they, they begin to have solid food and solid nourishment so they can begin to grow up and mature physically. In the same way, you and I need to come to that point in our lives when we stop taking the milk the spiritual milk that God has been providing to us, and we need to start going in and begin to eat solid food. Now, what that solid food spiritually represents to you, that's between you and God, because I think for each and every one of us, we have certain things that we respond to as God communicates to us in our lives, and we just need to understand that. So what is solid food for me? might be taken in a little different way than what is solid food for you. In fact, one of my grandsons, he actually refuses to eat any type of meat whatsoever. So they have to provide protein for him in alternative ways because he absolutely refuses to eat meat in any way, any shape. So it's kind of interesting because he is eating solid food but he's doing it in a vegetarian kind of way. And we always kind of tease with him a little bit about it, but yet we understand that he needs to have that nourishment. And once again, circumstances, because of his likes and dislikes, he's provided what he needs to grow in terms of solid food. In the same way, the Lord provides for us individually the opportunities to take that solid food that God wants us to have, And he does so to each and every one of us individually. Because each and every one of us, our likes, our dislikes, our diet, if you will, is different. And God takes that into consideration. And I'm so thankful that he does. Because it was a reminder to me that God loves us individually. And because of God's love to us individually he takes care of our individual needs and he is concerned about our individual needs but we are told here in the scriptures that eventually we need to get off the milk and we need to begin to eat solid food spiritually of some type so that we can begin to mature in the Lord So where are you in your spiritual life this morning? Are you still taking milk? And if you are still taking milk, do you realize that you're still taking milk? That's the first question I think you need to ask yourself and the question I need to ask myself is am I still taking milk? And one of the ways that you can tell whether you're still staking milk or not, is do you understand and can you distinguish between good and evil? Do you understand that? Because if you don't understand the difference and you can't distinguish between what is good and what is evil, then you have not reached that point in your life spiritually with your walk with God that you can take the solid food that God has for you. You are still taking the spiritual pablum formula milk instead of actually digging in and having the solid food that God wants you to have in your life for you to grow. So can you distinguish good from evil? Because if you cannot, then... You are, as the Hebrews are here, still drinking milk, and that you need to grow up. You need to mature. If you cannot, if you're struggling with that this morning, then I would just say to you that God is more than happy to give you that milk as long as you need it, But you need to realize sometimes that there needs to be a spiritual transformation for you when you step out and you begin to mature with God. Because that's what God's plan is for you and for me, is to step out and to begin to walk closer to him and have that maturity that you need to have. So the test for you and me this morning is can we distinguish between good and evil? Do we know the difference? Do we understand the difference? Because if we have taken the elementary truths that God has already given us in the milk of his word, then you and I can distinguish between good and evil. If we have not taken those elementary truths of God's word, the milk that he has provided to us, and if we cannot distinguish good from evil, then we are still... Taking milk. We are still sucklings. But God eventually wants us to get off of the suckling mode and to begin to mature and to begin to walk with God. And another way that we can identify whether we're walking with God in the way that we should are we trying to mature? Are we trying to eat solid food? And once again, That solid food is determined between you and God and your personal relationship with him. It's okay to be a vegetarian with God spiritually and have the solid food that you need to have. I know we talk about sometimes, I've heard the expression, the meat of his word, but it's okay to get your protein spiritually in different ways because God loves us individually in that very special, unique way. But one of the ways in which we can tell is, do we have those elementary truths? Are they applied to our lives? Can we distinguish between good and evil? And are we teaching others? Are other people learning about our journey? Are they learning about our successes? And more importantly, are they learning about the failures that we've had in our walk with God? Because that also reveals about whether we're still on milk or whether we're our taking solid food and maturing in God. Because if you cannot share the successes and, once again, the failures with others, spiritually, you have not matured the way that God has wanted you to mature in terms of solid food. Because how can others learn and understand If we don't take the elementary truths that God has given them and transpose them into our lives and be willing to share with others, the success part is easy. But it's when we begin to share other about our failures, about our mistakes, the things that we have done wrong, that truly gives us the test of who we are as a person in our walk with God when we are willing to share our failures with others, it really turns the light on how we identify ourselves with Jesus Christ. But yet we seem not to want to do that, because we don't want other people to really, truly get to know us. But yet how else can we teach others about righteousness? unless we teach others about how the times that we failed because of our unrighteousness. And that for us, I think, is where we are walking with God, taking that mature stance in terms of what we believe in. Distinguishing between good and evil. We make Choices in our lives. We do it every day. And we are the result of all of those choices that we have made. Choices that have been good, choices that have been bad. And I think what's interesting about those choices as we examine them, when we go before God in all honesty and say, Yes, God. I made a mistake. I did wrong things. I did things that did not reflect your righteousness. But the caveat to that is to do those things honestly and openly before God without blaming others. Yes. Can we say that we are victims of circumstances? Yes. Can we say that other people made us do certain things? Can we blame it on the the greater world that's taking place out there? Yes. But if you truly want to begin that spiritual journey with God, if you truly want another measurement of your maturity as you walk with God, if you've been taking that solid food, when you go before God in all of your unrighteousness, and you confess those bad choices that you've made, and you say, yes, yes, It is I, I take full ownership and responsibility for my choices. And there, my friends, you meet God in a very unique and special way. Because when you go before God in all truth, when you go before God in all honesty, When you take responsibility for the choices that you've made and you don't blame others, you don't blame your background, you don't blame other people, you just say, you know what, I just did wrong. I did bad. And God meets you there. God meets you in all honesty. God meets you there in all truth. And it is only there that we can sense the maturity that we have with God. Because when we confess those sins then we are saying, God, I can distinguish between good and evil in my life. I want to see you, God, in my life in a very unique and special way. But if you cannot do that this morning, if I cannot do that this morning, then we are still taking the milk that God says eventually you need to get off of it you need to take responsibility for those choices. Because when we take responsibility for those choices that we make, it gives us an opportunity to see the problems that we are facing in our lives, to see the challenges that we have in our lives for what they truly are. Because as long as we claim that we are somehow victim of our circumstances, that the choices that we made were not our own, but they were somebody else's and they forced themselves upon us. We will not be able to see beyond the problems and the challenges that we have in our lives. And if we cannot see beyond those problems, if we cannot see beyond those challenges, then we really, truly will never mature in our lives. We will become stagnant in our growth with God. And eventually in that stagnation, spiritually, and I think also emotionally, we will just begin to die. I was watching something the other day where the speaker was talking about the fact that if you do not continue to grow in your life, regardless of whatever successes that you've had in the past, if you do not continue to grow, then you will begin to die. Not physically, but emotionally, and I would also submit to you spiritually. So for our lives as being followers of Jesus Christ, there needs to be a continuation of the process that has been gunned in you when God came into your life through his son Jesus Christ. And you need to keep growing. You need to keep maturing. If not, you will die spiritually and emotionally. You'll never get beyond the milk stage. You'll never be able to begin to eat solid food and to see what it is like to grow up in God. And it doesn't mean that I'm there yet. I am still growing. And there are times spiritually, I guarantee you, when I still need to grow up. I've got a long way to go. But we should remind ourselves that in that journey of growing up in God and with God, that we are not alone. The problems that we face the decisions that we make, that we are not alone in our walk with God, because God is always by our side. And when we take on that responsibility for our own individual lives, when we distinguish the good and evil that we have done, then we see beyond our problems, beyond our challenges, And then as we see beyond them, we see the ways that we can work things through in our lives to make our lives better. But I think more importantly, we can see how we can make other lives better. Because when we see beyond our problems, when we see beyond our circumstance, we are able to help and to serve others. And that's where God wants us to be. I'll walk with him. When you go into a room with family and friends, when you go in a room when you have other perhaps students with you or people that are in the same environment with you, your attitude should not be, what can I get from you? Your attitude should be, how can I help you? How can I serve you? Because when we have that attitude in our lives, once again, it's a way in which we measure ourselves in terms of our maturity with God as we're walking with Him. And sometimes when we are helping others, it's not always good. Because when we help others, many times there is a cost. Many times when we help others... We suffer along with them. But you see, that's the price that you pay for your maturity and your walk with God. Because when you are there to serve others, when you are there to help others when you are there suffering with them by their side, as you go through that suffering, you come out at the other end more mature than when you went into that circumstance. And you grow tenfold, a hundredfold, a thousandfold because of that experience. Because you're willing to serve. You're willing to participate in other people's lives that are suffering, that are in need. And it makes you a better person. It makes you grow and mature with God. And in that circumstance, you can see through that suffering the power of growth that takes place in your life. And it's not that you're any better than anyone else. It's not a condescending attitude that you believe because of your own righteousness that you've obtained something better and that you're better than everybody else. On the contrary. It's a reminder in your maturity about how lowly you truly need to be with others. It's not a sense of haughtiness. It's not a sense of pride. It's a sense of humility. It's a sense of humbleness. It's a sense of your desire just to be there for other people because you've experienced what it truly is to serve others and to walk alongside with them in their suffering that you too begin to suffer. And because of that, you see the growth that plays in your life as you go through that experience. And so consequently, your faith is enriched because you know that God has seen you through those circumstances. You see your patience is enriched as you God has walked with you through those circumstances. You see that obedience that God wants you to have as God walks you through those circumstances. And all of those things are enriched in your life. And then you begin to see good and evil for what it truly is it becomes more and more clearer. It becomes well-defined for you. And then once again, you find yourself willing to educate and to train others to enrich their lives as you have understand and understood the process of being off the milk and taking that solid food in terms of spiritual maturity, you want to share that with others because you want to have others mature along with you. And you share with them your failures. You share with them the journey of your unrighteousness. You share with them the honesty and the truth as you came before God, taking responsibility of those choices that you've made. And God embraces you through his loving spirit. Tells you to get up. Rise up and walk and walk with me. Begin to share what you have learned with others. Begin to share what it is to walk closer to God. Because it is then in those circumstances that we can see beyond the problems and the challenges that we have. Because our life becomes Enriched, because we know that we are taking the steps on the correct path as we journey with God each day. And we look for opportunities to have more solid food, to mature in God, because He wants us to grow. He wants us to continue to mature. He wants us to continue to live. He doesn't want us to stop the growth process with Him. He wants us to continue to live in Him in all things. So my encouragement and also my expectation for me and for you is to go before God in those circumstances, take responsibility for those choices, take responsibility for your actions, And learn from them, grow from them, allow them to give you that encouragement that you need to have because God will give you that encouragement as you confess those sins before Him. But then in that encouragement, God reminds you of the expectations that He has for each and every one of us to walk in righteousness in Him, to be able to distinguish between good and evil because that is the true measure of who we are in our maturity in Christ. So the expectation and the encouragement is for us to be adults. Adults that at times it seems within our own friendly and friends that we seem to be the only adults around <laughs> spiritually. Has it ever seemed that way to you? It's like, what are you people going to grow up? But that's what God wants us to be. And he wants us to have that loving and that caring attitude of service. Once again, not one of righteousness that I'm somehow better than you. On the contrary, an attitude that receives and blesses others just by the whole idea of our openness to them, wanting them to sense the maturity because we want them to grow up too in terms of our examples. In their lives. And it is my hope and prayer. That we do that. That we are able to distinguish. Good and evil. in everything in our lives. Because that gives us. The measurement. Of who we are. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion this morning. Once again, an opportunity to show the spiritual desire that we have to mature in Christ. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have given us this opportunity to remind us that you no longer want us to be on the milk, but you want us to have the mature, solid food of walking with you. And God, forgive us when we have not confessed our sins, when we have not taken responsibility from our actions. And Lord, we just do so right now. We have no excuses for our unrighteousness. We made wrong choices. We did the wrong thing. And God, we were just bad. But Lord, we also see your loving arms around us, embracing us. And Lord, we just want to move on from those bad choices that we've made. And we just want to walk closer to you. Lord, we thank you that we can have this opportunity publicly to confess those things and to say that I want that maturity and that solid food from you in your presence in our lives. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and loving us just the way we are as we take this communion together. In Christ's name, amen. receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus and the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 278. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us that you want us to be mature Christians with you. And God, help us to take the solid food that you want us to have so that we can grow in you, because that is our desire. And God, we know that that is your desire for us. Give us the strength, the confidence, and the courage to do that. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.